Ready? Bebop, bop, bop, bop. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's good. If you can dream it, you can do it. You can do it if you try. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Welcome to Swords and Starships, the party headquarters of fantasy and sci-fi fans for reading tips, reviews, and all things bookish. Brought to you by the librarians of the Coos Bay Public Library. Today is a reader's advisory, and we're going to be talking about one of our book boxers. Mm -hmm. So, Brittany, what is reader's advisory? It's fancy pants way of saying (laughs) book recommendations. Like, I went to library school, and it wasn't until I got here where they're like, reader's advisory. I'm like, what are you talking about? Is it dangerous? (laughs) (laughs) Is it dangerous? (laughs) Yeah, it's book recommendations or item recommendation. A lot of times people take in library school to take a class on it. So when we're putting together a reader's advisory, what are we asking people to tell us? In this case, so we are pulling from our book box program, mm-hmm. which is a book subscription program. Mm. And they fill out a profile telling us in a nutshell what they like, what they don't like, what they're interested in, what's a hard no for them. Mm. Good, because we don't want to give them anything that they don't like. We do our best, but it gives us a a summary of what people want and what they're not interested in. A general idea, because more specifically, a person's mood, they might not be into certain things Mm -hmm. at the moment, but but we take into account kind of the big picture and put it all together in a nice little book package. Yeah. 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 That's basically what we're working with today. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So... How about this reader? What uh, what genres are they interested in? So this reader, she likes mysteries, thrillers, horror, post-apocalyptic scenes, sci-fi, and fantasy. Wow. Okay. Sounds like this person it was right up our alley. Yeah. I remember this book boxer coming in, and I was I was excited. I was like, yes, please. Let's do this. <laughs> it was in my wheelhouse. Yes. Cool. Okay. So what other things? What, what does she like? What is she not really interested in reading? This book boxer was kind of nice because she didn't cross off a whole lot. Like, we have different items on here that they can cross off her circle. Mm -hmm. And she did mostly circling. Uh, She did cross off inspirational slash religious. Okay. So she said no thank you to that. No thank you to politics. Oh, understandable. No thank you to military and war. Okay. Okay. Which is kind of interesting because sometimes post-apocalyptic goes with military. A lot, Sometimes. So yeah. it's something to keep in mind. Yeah. She also really likes wild places. Ooh. And she, she has said on here twice, um, post-apocalyptic. Okay. So that's what she's into. Okay. Well, that gives us a, a lot of ideas to work for. Mm-hmm. One thing before we go into the book recommendations I want to have a little chat about is she circled horror. Mm-hmm. Now, she I'm did. a horror fan. Horror is a spectrum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It can, yeah. Go, it can get dark real fast. Yeah. So how would you pick out a horror book for somebody who says that they enjoy a horror book? Luckily, this book boxer circled Mm post-apocalyptic. So that immediately I'm like, oh, dystopian horror. Like that's where I'm going to start at least. And then I might try different types of horror. Sometimes you just have to kind of guess around. Mm -hmm. And we do get feedback forms with every book we pick. So sometimes it's really not the one they wanted. And that's just the way it goes. But you send it out and you learn by whatever they tell you. Yeah. Everybody has their own triggers. Oh, everybody has something they don't yeah. like. So it can be a hit or miss process. Yeah, especially are, with horror. Definitely. There are certain writers that I would not recommend unless I really know that person very well and mm-hmm. I knew that they could handle something like that. For the most part, I would pick something that's 
a little more general appeal in the horror. Mm-hmm. Um, to start with, at least. Yeah. And we might change that depending on what we hear back from them. Oh, true. true. Especially if they're like, this reminded me of Stephen King's It, which I love. Ah, it's like, oh, okay. okay. So you like more than that. Okay, okay, got it. So do we have some recommendations already? We do. Okay, We cool. do. I picked two. And the first one I'm going to go with is The Girl with All the Gifts. I love this book. Yes. This book is fantastic. It's by M.R. Carey. And I will say up front, I haven't read this book in a few years. Mm-hmm. Thank you, supersummary.com, <laughs> for telling me all about it all over again. It gave me all the main plot points. It definitely has spoilers. So if you're like, oh, I'm interested, maybe don't go there because it will just tell you everything. So I wrote down the, what the back of this book said, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. It says, every morning Melanie waits in her cell to be collected for class. When they come for her, Sergeant Parks keeps his gun pointed at her while two of his people strap her into the wheelchair. She thinks they don't like her. She jokes that she won't bite, but they don't laugh. <laughs> I was like, yes. Yeah. There's a good reason why they don't laugh. <laughs> yeah, there's a good reason. A minor spoiler, you find out fairly early, yeah. but it turns out Melanie is actually what they call a hungry, which is in this world a zombie. Mm-hmm. She's a child zombie. She's 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And she's in this place where they are trying to rehabilitate younger hungries. Mm-hmm. This place is eventually overrun by a bunch of hungries. And Melanie, she really likes her teacher, Miss Justino. Mm-hmm. And she helps Miss Justino get out of there alive along with a couple other people. And then their goal from there is to make it kind of, I don't think it's across the country, but they had to make it to this place called the Beacon. Yeah, it's quite a far ways. Yeah, like it's, they had to travel. It's through some urban landscape, which as we know in zombie is, is a terrible good. place to be. It's not good. <laughs> they end up finding a van that they kind of take shelter in. And Melanie's really helpful because she's a hungry. And mm-hmm. so none of the other hungries are interested in her. So she can go ahead and scout and see what's in the way. And she really and truly, she's doing this for Miss Just now. Mm-hmm. She still has her urges to like eat flesh, but she has gotten to the point where she can mostly control it. For a good portion of the book, she wears a mask, like a little muzzle, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it helps the other people feel better about her not going to attack them. So it's definitely post-apocalyptic, definitely sci-fi, definitely horror. Mm. There's foul language. There is, I think, a sex scene or two. Mm -hmm. So just be aware of that if you're going to read it. If somebody told me about the end of this book, if I were just to hear about it, I don't know if I would have really liked it. But Mm. once I read it, I was like, oh, this is great. I was not mad. I was like, this book is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Part of what I really loved about this book was the characters. Mm -hmm. Like Melanie, even though she's locked up for most of the day, she's only let out during her school lessons with Miss Justino and the other teachers. She's very pleasant. She takes the time to like greet the soldiers like saying good morning Mm -hmm. so and so and they'll say something pretty crude and awful back but it doesn't phase her. She's an intelligent empathetic kind person despite Mm -hmm. her circumstances. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I think at the beginning I didn't realize exactly what she was until you're like oh oh no especially because she is so kind mm-hmm. you're like she's not like a mindless yeah it's eating jarring. machine have you seen the movie there's i a, haven't oh my gosh okay is it good uh there's it, it's an excellent movie it's a little bit different from the book because they kind of change some of the characters finding characteristics around mm-hmm. um shortened it a little bit but i would re- highly recommend that movie okay it's very fun i will have to watch it mm-hmm. maybe next october i'll nice. put it on my watch list yes yes do, do it do it do it okay 
And what about you? Okay. Well, I didn't go down the post-apocalyptic route because I think there's there's a lot of yeah. great ideas out there. I kind of honed in on her enjoyment of wild places. Mm-hmm. So I picked a book called Bear and the Nightingale by Catherine Arden. So this book takes place in Russia many, many years ago. It's yeah. kind of like in the 1800s, maybe just on the cusp, the end of the 1700s. But it takes place in a, this kind of like wilderness area of Russia where there's not a lot of people. They're peasants and they kind of live their life around the fairy tales and folklore of their place. And the main character, Vasilisa, she's kind of special. They, have, they say she has kind of like witch eyes. She can see things that aren't there. Ooh. So she can see like spirits and fairies and a lot of these creatures associated with Russian folklore and myth and uh, fairy tale. For example, she goes into one of the bathhouses and there's like an old man. He's got really red skin, long beard that goes all the way to the floor. He's the, the spirit, the guardian of the bathhouse. Oh. And she like hangs out and talks to him and she gives him some food every now and then. That's how the story starts out, just her hanging out with some fairy tale creatures. That feels very spirited away. Hayao Miyazaki in exactly, the bathhouse. Exactly. With all the weird yeah, spirits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, she grows up on these stories. She's kind of a wild child, too, so she doesn't really... She's not really a, a soft heroine. She's kind of hardcore. She's a wilderness girl. She can hunt and fish and ride. Nice. Things that women of that time aren't really supposed to do, so there's a little tension there. If you live in Russia, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So early on in the book, her mother dies. Ooh. She dies of an illness. And then her father decides he needs to remarry because she needs a mother figure to basically teach her how to be a woman. Gross. Yeah. I mean, again, this is late 1700s, early 1800s. (sighs) Come on, guys. They didn't really have a modern outlook. So they go over to Moscow to find a a well-to-do woman because they're a well-to-do family. And he brings home a wife who is uh, very religious, almost intolerantly so. Mm. One of the only stipulations for her coming down to this wild place in Russia is if she can bring her pastor. And her pastor is very nice, charismatic, but he has this idea of converting all the peasants in this area. So (laughs) there's automatically tension when that happens because as the peasants are told not to pay homage to the spirits, to tell each other these fairy tales, the landscape kind of changes oh. because the spirits aren't really getting that attention that they that they need. Mm-hmm. They don't get the offerings of the food. They don't get offerings of get the kind words from the, the villagers anymore. Then the story takes a wild turn when bad things start happening. Yeah. As they often do. Yeah. I was like, if you already have a relationship, a good mm-hmm. one with fairies, yeah. fae, spirits, don't fix what's not broken. Exactly. It's don't not broken. Don't mess with them. <laughs> How many books do we have to read to know not to mess with, like, Faye? Kind of right, yeah. Don't mess yeah, with them. Yeah. Basically, every book I've read is, like, yeah. let them do their thing. Be nice. Be respectful. Yeah. Like, I respect an uprising if it's necessary, but, mm-hmm. like, this doesn't sound necessary. No. no. It's like, let's I mean, go make them mad. I mean, yeah, you just no. go. The worst that could happen is you share your bathhouse with some old red man that you may or may not see. I mean, it may be a little problematic, but oh well. <laughs> <laughs> There's a dude I can't see in here. <laughs> that's horrible. Now that I think about it, that's You're horrible. like, actually, that's kind of an invasion of privacy. <laughs> okay. I scratch that. Erase, erase, erase. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's your second book? So I picked a YA book. It's mm-hmm. called Scythe. It's by Scythe. Neil Schusterman. Have you read it? I haven't read it. I've seen it around. What's it about? 
So it's this world. It's like 2042 is the year. And AI has taken over, and not necessarily a bad way. Hmm. They refer to it as the Thunderhead. <laughs> and it's really, really smart. And it's doing its best to make humanity like happy and in a smart way. Like the Thunderhead isn't, it's not a bad thing, but it's so good at its job that it's basically eradicated death. People don't die anymore. Ooh. And so there is an overpopulation issue. And so now there is a new job called being a scythe, part of the, I think the scythedom. And that's people who decide who else has to die. Ooh. I know. That's kind of a, a lot of pressure. Oh, it's a ton of pressure. And so the two main characters are Rowan and Citra. They're both teens. And Scythe Faraday has chosen both of them to become his apprentices, which is unusual because usually they only pick one apprentice. And so there's another Scythe called Scythe Goddard. And he's very angry that mm. Faraday now has two apprentices. He's like, okay, so if you're going to have two at the end of the year, one of them has to kill the other. Yeah. No. And in in the meeting, it passes. Like all the other sides are like, yep, that's fair. So it's it's a wild book. Scythe Goddard, just to give a heads up, he loves doing mass killings. He thinks that scythes are better than everybody else. And the rules of being a scythe are on the back of the book. The scythe commandments. Thou shalt kill. Thou shalt kill with no bias, bigotry, or malice aforethought. Oh, my. Okay, so can't be cheating. <laughs> Can't pick and choose. Basically. Can't pick and choose. You have to have a reason for it. Mm -hmm. Thou shalt grant an anum of immunity to the beloved of those who accept your coming, which means if you go into somebody's house and you're like, guess what, Jim, today's your day. The rest of the family you grant immunity to, immediate family, for a year. None of the rest of that family will die okay. for a year. Okay. <laughs> That's if they accept it. Thanks, I yeah, guess. Yeah, cool. If the family fights you, the last rule is, thou shalt kill the beloved of those who resist. <gasps> oh so if you gosh. resist, you will die. <laughs> and so it was really fascinating. Like there was this one scene where Rowan is with Faraday and he goes into a high school and he calls one of the students like out of class. And he's like, I'm really sorry, today's your day. And this kid is like, you know, why me? Why this? And Scythe Faraday initially wasn't going to tell him. He was just... I don't remember even how they're, they're called gleanings. I don't remember how he gleaned them. It, it mm -hmm. wasn't painful, I don't think. I think it might have been in like an injection or something weird. Okay. But Rowan is like, you should tell him why. And he's like, are you sure about that? He's like, yeah, you should. So he tells this kid, he's like, on average, based on deaths in the past, kids your age had so many car crashes and so many boys would die per year. Oh, he's like, so to keep up with that percentage, you are the perfect candidate to so, be gleaned today. He, so Scythe Faraday is just going off past percentages of like about this many people died per year. He's mm -hmm. like, it's not just old people. It was young people too, mm -hmm. especially young male drivers. Mm -hmm. He's like, you recently got your license. Wow. You are a young male driver. I have to take out so many of them. Today wow, is your that's, day. That's really heavy. It's really heavy. It's really, really heavy. And there's three books in this series. Mm -hmm. I have read the first two. Um, thank you, supersummary.com, because <laughs> I will now probably read supersummary.com in both the first two books, so I can now read the third one. Because mm -hmm. it was about a year in between, and you know, I kind of just fell off the boat. But this series is really, really amazing because it asks really big and deep questions about yeah. death, dying, how you choose to live, what you think of others. Right. It's fascinating. It is dark. 
I love it so much. I love it so much. It's really good. Yeah, it sounds like a really fun dystopian too. Yeah. Uh, and this is YA, you said? It's YA. Wow, this, I mean, this is some serious subjects for teen readers. And I think oh, it's yeah. important subjects too. And Neil Shusterman, he writes a whole bunch of different books. Fun. And most of them have heavy themes of some sort. Mm-hmm. This one so far, I think has probably been my favorite. Yeah, it sounds good. I need to read that too. Yeah. <laughs> What else? What else do you have? Okay. For my last recommendation, I thought about some horror. I thought about a really intense horror that I don't think I'm going to recommend because I don't think that'd be right. At least not for the first one? At least not for the first one, no. I'm going to recommend a Neil Gaiman horror. Okay. Which is... They're they're still pretty creepy. I mean, there's Coraline, which is love Coraline, which is fantastic, and it's a little scary. But yeah. I mean, it's not overwhelmingly so. Yeah, and it's fun. So I'm going to recommend the Graveyard Book. Literally, I think that might be my favorite book of all time. It's a beautiful book. Have you listened to it? I've never listened to it. If you ever get the chance, listen to it because Neil Gaiman reads it. Yeah, and of course he has this beautiful British voice, uh-huh. and he does like all the sounds and everything perfectly. If I had to be stuck in an island with an audiobook, that would probably be it. Yes. Does he do all of his audiobooks? Because I remember reading The Ocean at the End of the Lane. Mm-hmm. He read that one too. He also did Stardust. Okay. I think he did American Gods as well. My husband listened to that one, and I'm pretty sure Neil Gaiman also did that one. That's so cool. I think he does most, if not all, of his own audiobooks. Yes, yes. He has a wonderful reading voice, oh, and it's so nice great. when the author reads his own stuff or her own stuff. Mm-hmm. He has a talent for it. He has, like, a Morgan Freeman voice. It's very soothing. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's <laughs> very true. It's part of the reason why we love Neil Gaiman. Oh, Neil's so great, and he He's loves librarians. Great. Yes, uh, that's reason number two. <laughs> yeah. Neil, I love you. <laughs> so Graveyard Book, if you've ever read or heard of Jungle Book, that's where he kind of got the idea from Rudyard Kipling's Jungle Book. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. About, you know, Mowgli in the jungle and all that. So a lot of the beats of, of the Graveyard Book follow the beats of the Jungle Book, except it takes place in a graveyard. Which so is, it's better. It's much better <laughs> for so many reasons. So the book starts out, some creepy guy has killed the main character's family mm-hmm. while he was still a baby. Like a toddler. A toddler, yeah. So he manages to get out of his crib and leave his house and across the street is this old British graveyard that's been around since the Roman times, I think. Yeah, it's old. It's really old. And he gets there and he's just a little baby. And then his mother makes an appearance as kind of like an unsent ghost. She's not really attached to this reality anymore in in any solid way. Yeah, and the ghost mentioned that she died really traumatically, Mm -hmm. so she's having a really hard time like coming back through and telling them what's going on. Yeah, It's like you can't really see her form. It's like all out of shape and you can just tell it's really upset yeah it's just a a very upset wailing kind of voice Mm -hmm. so this alerts the more established ghosts Mm -hmm. of the graveyard who've been there for quite a while yeah and they uh, see this baby and they just kind of take him and and hide him underground in order to escape this this creepy guy with a knife and so they end up raising him uh, and they call him Nobody Owen Bod for sure Bod (laughs) so cute (laughs) I love it so the book just follows kind of him growing up in this graveyard and what that kind of life is mm-hmm. with having ghosts as surrogate parents a vampire as his guardian yeah because they uh, were like how are we going to feed this kid and uh-huh. the vampire's like I'll take care of it <laughs> it'll like, be fine I, I, I get around pretty yeah, well yeah he's like I can actually like leave the graveyard I can I can get some food uh, so. and there's other interesting characters that show up there's mm-hmm. a werewolf yeah, yeah who's, I, I loved her too fantastic yes and uh, um, goblins like hobgoblins I think they're that what, ghouls that's what it, they're yeah, ghouls, ghouls. They, 
uh, they like to suck the marrow out of bones. Yeah. So as I said, this is a horror book. So yeah. there are there are little scenes like that. Yeah. But yeah, he you get to explore the graveyard and the other worlds that attach to the world of the dead. It's yeah. very exciting. Through the ghoul gate. The ghoul gate. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Neil Gaiman has a boundless imagination, so yeah. you get a full effect from the graveyard book. Yeah. And I would say this is another book that takes, obviously, a really hard look at death. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, it really asks you to take a look at your life and how you live your life. Definitely. Because Bod has this really great conversation with Silas the vampire. Mm-hmm. But like, well, why can't I be like you? Why can't I be a ghost? It's not a big deal. I live with you all. And he's all like, Bod, you, you have a privilege of being alive. Mm-hmm. You really have to choose your time, what you do with it wisely. Mm-hmm. It's a great conversation. I'm like super yes, paraphrasing. Yes. But uh, oh, I just love this book. Yes. Yeah. And, and in being with these dead folks, he learns how to live his life to the fullest. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful story. It's a, I think it's technically a children's book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So those are our advisories for this book boxer. Mm-hmm. Um, we will have another episode with another book boxer. Oh, or if anybody out there wants reader's advisory for them, you can now email us at starships at coosbaylibrary.org. Yep. Starships at coosbaylibrary.org. That's Kuzbe with a C, in case you're not local. Yeah, so so <laughs> let us know what your wheelhouse is. What do you like? What are you not that into? What are your, some of your favorite genres? Mm-hmm. And we will, we will you give know. you some recommendations on air. We'll chat about it. We'll <laughs> chat about it. And what's also really helpful is if you have a favorite book. Mm. Like, I really love this book. I would like more like this book. That's always really, really helpful. Very helpful. Also, favorite author and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. Yep. Cool. Okay. Well, we'll chat y'all later. Thanks for listening. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) That's the end of our show. (laughs) I don't think we'll do that. (laughs) 